Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Roro Show with Stephen. My name is Roro. I'm in Kansas City. Stephen's in New York City. Stephen, how are you today? I am doing great. I had an extra hour sleep. I know. I so, wonderful. so if people are wondering, that's because of daylight savings ending yesterday. Because you may not be listening to this till sometime, and you'll be like, "What? Why did you get an extra hour of sleep last night, Stephen?" That's right. And whatever day you're listening to us, please follow us, like us, leave us a comment because yes. we need your help. Yeah, we do. And just think of this. Think of all the friends that you have on Facebook or that you follow on Instagram that you really don't give two sh- shits about. We want to be those two shits that you don't give anything about. So you just follow us. And if you listen to us, that's great. We, we we want you to listen to us, and the only way we're going to be able to do that is know what you want to hear. So like Stephen says, uh, there's contact information. Reach out. If you want to hear a certain topic or you want to hear us do the whole show in an accent or something, let us know. We will try to accommodate. That's right. We are very accommodating, and we're going to be here whether you're listening or not. True. It would be better if you're listening. You it know, would be. So. I mean, at least for us, it would be much better if you were listening. Right. And maybe for you all, too. So anyway, we're going to try to do a timely topic today, and we're going to talk about the Rust shooting. Well, so I guess how would you term it? The onset shooting at the Rust? I don't even know how you'd term that. Well, the name of it, it was a, a movie called Rust, which is a Western movie that was being filmed in New Mexico starring Alec Baldwin, and there was an accidental shooting on the set by Alec Baldwin when he was given a what was meant to be a prop gun with either a blank or a dummy round had an actual live bullet in it and he shot the cinematographer killing her dead the bullet also I believe went through her and hit the director who was injured but is okay and it's just a a horrible tragedy no matter how you look at it because, you know, obviously someone is dead, but it really brings up the issue of safety on movie sets, you know, gun safety in general. Why was there even live bullets anywhere near that set? Because usually in Hollywood, you either use a blank, which is just, you know, creates a flash and a bang, but right. isn't really the same as a bullet, or you have what they call a dummy round, which is like a fake prop bullet in case the camera is going to do a close-up and it needs to see bullets, but they're not really bullets. They're just fake. Right. That's all that, should, that there should ever be. Yeah. And it, to me, I don't understand it from many different aspects of my background. So I was in risk management for a long time. So Mm -hmm. I, am I feel I'm very adept at being able to mitigate risk and just what I've read of this story. And I know there's so much that I don't know about it. And it keeps changing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand how I I don't even get that. I mean, I don't understand how a gun proper otherwise is left unattended or that I don't get that. Well, what we're finding out is there's a person on a film set when there's guns or ammunition called the armorer. 
and that person is in charge of the guns, the weapons. Uh, it was a, I, I'm not sure of her name, but she was in charge on this set. It was, I believe, her second job, but her father, I believe, was an armorer in the business, so she learned from him. And again, if I'm getting these details wrong, I apologize, but this is the basic gist of it. Right. She said- At least at the time of this she, recording as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What she has said is the following. She took the prop guns that were called for for the specific shot. She took the box of dummy rounds, meaning the fake prop bullets, right. put each put them in the chambers of the gun as per, I suppose, the request of the director for what was needed for the shot. And then the assistant director took that gun, announced cold gun because that's what you say right. you have to say to everybody cold gun so they're aware that it's safe i think if there were blanks in it meaning that it was going to fire that might have been called a hot gun right. but this was called a cold gun i believe a blank so, was like you say still discharges something exactly because i think that's what killed brandon lee is that brandon he was lee, shot with a blank but it discharged something and because of the proximity where it hit him or something it killed him Exactly. And the same thing happened to an actor named John Eric Hexum in the 80s. Yeah. Where he was he, playing Russian so, roulette, you know, though, wasn't he? He was playing he was playing Russian roulette. And but, you know, there were only blanks in the gun. But from that close range, it killed him. Yeah. But that I doesn't remember seem that to be one. the case here. Yeah. Yeah. There, that doesn't seem to be the case here. So so she loads it with the dummy bullets the dummy rounds, gives it to the assistant director who yells cold gun or says cold gun, hands it, I believe, to Alec Baldwin, and they are now setting up the shot. What the shot, meaning the film shot, right. um, is going to be, or the scene, is going to be a close-up of Alec Baldwin pointing the gun into the camera. Like, that's what the shot is going to be, a close-up. And it's taking place in a church, like a little church in a Western town, because it's a, like an old Western type of a movie. Right. So apparently, the cinematographer and the director are over by the camera. It's a little unclear just how far Alec Baldwin was. And apparently, he was, what they say, rehearsing, like drawing the gun from the holster, you know, to, you know, to, to, you know, to aim it right to the camera lens. You know, he had to have, you know, some dexterity to be able to do that move in one move so it looks clean for the camera. And then, quote, the gun went off. Now, it's unclear if what he's saying is, I didn't pull the trigger, or if he did pull the trigger and he's just saying it went off. Right. Regardless, he had no way of knowing that there was a live bullet as we assume it was a live bullet, otherwise how could how could anyone have been shot? And that's what happened. The prop person, excuse me, the armorer, is now claiming through her attorneys that it may have been sabotage, meaning the only way, in her opinion, what she's saying over the past few days is the only way that a live bullet could have gotten into the box of prop bullets was if someone put it there intentionally and apparently there was now that is a big right that is a big statement that is that's big right. i mean i hope that's not the case i mean because that's you're looking at murder here or you know 
reckless disregard for human life if that happened. Apparently, there was some disgruntled crew members in the days before that had walked off the set. They said there were some safety concerns. I don't know exactly what those entailed. And what the implication is, perhaps a disgruntled crew member put a live bullet in the prop box. Now that seems really hard to believe. I mean, yeah, that... because if you if you put a bullet, I mean, you have to think someone could get killed if you put a you know a bullet in a box. There's also re- a one reason why there might have been live bullets around that set. This is a story; it hasn't been verified yet. But the story is that some of the crew members were using some of these guns, and some of these are real working guns, like Western guns right. that could theoretically really work. They were doing target practice, you know, after after hours, I guess a perfectly legal thing to do, but with real bullets, right. which would be extraordinarily dangerous because it would mean that somehow real bullets were somewhere near that set. Right. And when that happens, an accident like this could happen. Yeah. And I would think, think that would that? be I would think that would be a more likely scenario than the someone snuck a. Well, I mean, yeah, you, like, I mean, that's a that's a huge leap. Even if you don't, right. if you disagree with someone, like there are times right. where I may disagree with someone about something, but then like, say I take my car to them, and they'll right. be like, "But you don't, you don't get along with them." I go, "Well, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with my car." And they go, "Well, how about if they mess up your car? Then they're mad at you." And then I, I go, "Well, right. then it just proves everything that I disagree with them about. It just." proves that I was correct in my judgment of their character and then I have to do something. I mean, I'm not worried. I don't associate that, but I mean, I would think that'd be a hard jump to say, Oh, I walked off the set because it's, it was unsafe and then try to make it even more unsafe. Exactly. Exactly. And potential and, and, you know, thus killing someone in the process. Now the, the armorer is also saying that apparently these dummy rounds that look like real bullets are indistinguishable just by sight to right. real bullets. So she said she would have absolutely no way of knowing if she was loading a real bullet into the gun because it was a box of dummy rounds. And, you know, the only way that a, a real round could have gotten in there is if someone put it in there. It would be either, like she was saying, deliberate, or it could have been, uh, you know, negligence because somehow live bullets were around right. and someone just threw the wrong things into the wrong box, that would be serious negligence. So it's uh, a very, very horrible thing. I would hate to be Alec Baldwin. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to be responsible for causing someone's death when it was truly something out of your control. Right. I mean, this isn't like you accidentally, you know, God forbid, get into a car wreck and someone dies and you were at the wheel. That's a horrible thing. But at least... It is, I hate to say it, but caused by you, and it was somewhat in your control in most cases. But this was, he was handed a prop, said, here is a cold gun, right. and fired it you know, innocently enough, so the story goes, and now someone's dead. That just, I don't know, I don't know how, could you live with yourself? I mean, isn't that just awful? I don't know how you go on You know, I, so the thing with me is, my wife and I will have this discussion that I am rarely wrong. But the mm-hmm. reason I'm rarely wrong is that I will not – I usually don't challenge things where I'm not 100% correct. So mm-hmm. 
I I had my federal firearms license for a few years, so I could mm-hmm. buy, sell, trade guns, things of that nature. And I got out of it because of safety concerns for the general public, what I saw was going on. So I left it because that was worrisome. And even when you know a lot, we went shooting with, we took another couple. Uh, my wife and I used to always go to the range, or not always, we went quite a bit. And we took another couple. And mm-hmm. the first time Rick went to shoot, he's like, ah! And it was a semi-automatic, he was shooting, and the slide cut the webbing on his hand because I didn't show him how to properly hold the gun. But I'm also wow. thinking, you're in your 40s. Have you never seen a John Wick movie or any other, you know, vi-? so, I mean, sometimes you just forget because right. I'm, like, thinking, I was b- past that. I mean, because th- they also didn't ask, how do I hold this gun? When do I-? You know, I was doing the thing. Like, one thing is you never put your finger on the trigger until mm-hmm. you're ready to shoot, and that should right. be whether it's a prop gun or anything else. I would and, think Alec Baldwin would know that. I think he's, I mean, he's played. Yeah. Know, Mission Impossible. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah so I know that. I would, yeah. You would think. So, but you know, here's the thing. I mean, take, take guns out of it, take guns and bullets, bullets out of it. I mean, this kind of sounds like it could be an episode of murder. She wrote, but it could have been a knife. Someone, right. I mean, it could have been, you thought it was a retractable prop knife that you were handed, but you were handed a real knife and you do a scene where you stab somebody and it was a real knife. Well, have you, you know? ever had I mean, any a, in the theater with you and any of your productions or the productions of your plays anywhere around the world or something that you know? Have you, have you ever known of something like that, an accident? I'm sure that there are a lot of accidents that happen, again, especially with prop knives. Sometimes what's uh, even really a prop knife can still be dangerous. But one thing I will tell you is there is almost always a professional prop master on a show, you know, especially if it's Broadway or professional, that is in charge of those props and actors are and no one is supposed to touch them until the moment they go on stage with them and they are supposed to be given right back to the prop master the moment they go back off stage. They are treated very seriously. In my show, Thrill Me, that we've talked about on the show before, there's a little scene where they prick their fingers, like to do like a Blood Brothers type of a right. thing. And so there's there's always some kind of a little knife present on the stage. So the actor playing the character that does it, he is in control of just how that prick happens. He's got to miss the person's finger, but make it look like he hit it. Right. And so the actor has to be skilled enough. But, you know, you could easily, you know, get poked. It's not going to kill you. But you could easily get a little injury from it. And that's why you have to be careful and you have to rehearse it and you have to practice it. And you have to know that, you know, in in my productions, you have to know that knife. You have to f- figure out how sharp it is or how dull it is, and just what you can do. So it's a you know even in that little tiny example, it is so careful and so meticulous. That's why it is almost impossible to leap to, to believe this can happen. Now we were talking, you know, there was Brandon Lee, there was John Eric Hexum. And now this, so that's three incidents like this in the past 30 or 40 years, that at least that we've heard of. So I suppose 
you know, I hate to say it, but that's a fairly good track record. You know, it's not like this happens every day. Right. But one is, but one is too many. I, and and after, especially after Brandon Lee, there were such safety. And you know, you know I don't uh, think I've heard of one since Brandon Lee, and that would have been early '90s, probably. Yeah, very early '90s, or even late '80s. I want to say '88 or '89. Yeah. And, you know, I think there have been accidents. There have been accidental right. gun discharges, but not deaths right. that I'm aware of. And or at least if so, they haven't involved. a. Have you seen the you John know, Wick movies? Name. I have not. Oh, they use I guns in those. In case you're unaware. Oh. And they seem to have a good safety. It's amazing. It, even if you haven't seen the gun, if you go out and go to YouTube and just do Keanu Reeves, John Wick preparation mm-hmm. or something like that. He's on a rant. I mean, he is working at it. I mean, he right. is a marksman now. I I uh-huh. would I would say in just seeing the videos that I I have seen of him. But you know, it sometimes well, you think you're doing Hollywood. things that are very safe and very yeah. and you're not. And you have no clue whether it's something that you think is safe and is not or something that you it just doesn't even register that that's not safe um many hollywood movies for the past several years have just not used blanks or 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 rounds at all they just add the the, the gun flash in post-production like cgi it and believe me i bet I bet that'll become the norm now. I mean, a lot of studios, a lot of television productions are saying we will no longer have real guns. We will have rubber guns. We will have BB guns. Right. Any and anything. There will never be a blank round. There will never be a dummy round. Anything will be added. In do you think that will actually? They'll. I mean, I understand what they're saying about that right now, but do you think that in practicality? And I don't know. I haven't been on a set like that, and I don't know whether you're familiar with them. But do you think that? Because sometimes they may be like, oh, we really wanted to do that, but that was difficult to t- actually take well, the guns and well, stuff off there. You know, true. Like, for example, you know, that might be easy to do like a modern, you know, cop movie and you just, you know, it's very easy to get a, a prop gun. But if you want to do an old Western that looks very realistic, maybe it's harder to get prop guns that, that look like those you have to get real guns. I would think that maybe is easier. But again, maybe they could just I'm not sure. If you remember the original Saturday Night Live, like now if you watch Saturday Night Live, if someone's doing a character, they put them in makeup and dress them up like the character. Well, back when Mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live first came out, they just told you who they were. Because I remember Chevy Chase. He'd be like, I'm Gerald Ford, but he would have no makeup. So it was just you had to imagine that he was the character. So maybe actors just need to say, I have a knife. And then everyone just has to be like, oh, he has a knife. Okay. And so anything he does. Well, you know, of course there's that, but a lot of, uh, a lot of production companies are are coming out and putting out statements saying that no more guns. And, you know, that gets them some good PR. Right. And I, it, it should be easy and it should be a no brainer. Now, whether the industry actually chooses to regulate it and make it uh, a requirement. I don't know, but I think look, the bottom line is it shouldn't be a hardship for any film company doing any kind of a scene or movie with a gun, whether it's the main plot, whether it's a quick prop, 
to use a fake gun or a gun that has been permanently disabled or a rubber gun or a CGI gun or so, anything like that. So here's my my thought also. And now a show like Rust, which is a Western, mm-hmm. so they're using, you know, six shooters, uh, revolvers. Right, right. So there's probably not a ton of – it's not like John Wick where – you know, bodies are falling left and right, and it's just, you know, thousands of bullets being sprayed everywhere. So I just wonder if an independent film like Rust would truly, like, Rust, I think, could do it because of the limited number of shots they have, but could an independent film that wanted to be more action-oriented, are they going to have to take a new route? Because they may not be able to afford the CGI. To Oh, we were going to have, you know, just everyone shooting guns all the time, but we can't afford to do that now, so... We have to change that. Do you think that would be an effect? I have a feeling that that what's going to happen is there will be CGI houses that will make it more affordable to put in those fake gunshots. I have a feeling that there will be prop fabricators that will make it easier to acquire fake prop guns that could never possibly shoot a real bullet. Right. Because they're not real. I think that because there'll be more of a demand for all of it, and therefore the price will go down. That that that's just sort of what I have a feeling. And I hope that's what happens. It's just about it's just about safety. You know, I, I would I I would never want anything like this to happen again. And I can't imagine I cannot imagine imagine that you're that producer or that director saying, No, 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 it's gotta be a real gun, but don't worry, we're sure that these are dummy rounds. Never. Well, that's what they said on Rust. Right. So and the and the armor on Rust said she had no way of knowing one from the other. Now maybe a more experienced armor would, but who knows? So I just don't think you want to be that person because this is such a huge story. Yeah, and how I don't know why. How negligent would you be if you said, "No, no, no, we're going to have real guns on our set"? You know, God forbid something happens, and you are really in trouble. Right. Right. You know. I mean, I think at that point you would have a lot of uh, waivers to be signed. So, hey, we're going to have right. uh, live guns on here, so please sign this right. waiver. You know, making sure that I'm not in trouble for anything that happens. But I mean, that's one of the things that you know. A lot of times you have to worry about other people's safety. I remember, and this is a, a quick side note, when people think they're doing it right, safety. So in an industry that I used to be at, uh, one of our salespeople came back from Texas and had brought something from a an association in Texas, which was this mm-hmm. laminated, beautiful thing that was just, sh- you know, they're like, oh, this association, we really need to hook up with it and all this. And so, and it was for home builders is what it was. And so I started flipping through it and they had just amazing. It was a lot of information, amazing pictures and everything. And when I got done, I handed it back to him and I go, I counted 13 photographic OSHA violations there. Mm. And I handed it back to him. Wow. So he took it back and they wasted all that because some people, you know, they just, it just doesn't make any sense to them. What they're doing is not like that person taking the picture. They, they're not, worried about that and i just wonder you know with an armory and with guns i i would like to think it would be tightly run ship but i've also i I also worry because i know people in the end i mean not in the film industry that do the armory like that but and well i think that yeah i think that what you're also going to start seeing is the power of the 
the major actors, the major stars. I can only imagine that the next movie starring Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Tom has Cruise. It, has Tom Cruise said anything a, to this? I, you know? I don't know, but I, not that I know of, but I could only imagine that they will have a, con- a writer or a clause in their contract that says no real guns may be used in this movie. Yeah. You know, and, and they'll get it, you know. I, and, and again, I don't think there's going to be much pushback. But you're right. I mean, the little independent film, the student Well, you film, also have to the... think about on the independent films, we just mentioned Tom Cruise, who is known for doing his own stunts, hanging on the side mm-hmm. of airplanes and doing all this stuff. So imagine the safety checks if you're going to have to, especially because I know that the insurance companies have had issues with him doing some of those stunts where they won't insure the movie or him or something, you know, because of the stunts that he's doing in there. But, you know, on a big budget film like that, you're going to have more seasoned people, veteran people that have been doing this, you know, and you probably have a team working on that as opposed to one armor on a small set. So I don't know if the size of the budget is going to, you know, I, I would be interested in seeing if that was, there has to be some statistic out there that would show independent or small films, films made right. under a budget of X number of dollars, how many injuries, mm-hmm. things do they incur as opposed to a budget, uh, a movie that's budgeted for more than that. I mean, I think that would be, so I'm a math person also, so I love numbers, so I think that would be you know, interesting to find out whether, because you could see that correlation because, you know, definitely if you're, if you're like, wow, it's twice as high when their budget is lower than this, because then it would give someone, well, if we want to continue going this way, way, how do we, how do we address that? I mean, because of, so exactly. And, you know, there's aside from guns and things like that, there are, you know, safety things and accidents that happen on movie sets all the time, like car chases. I remember a few years back, there was a Nicole Kidman movie, Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig. It was a movie called Invasion, a remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh-huh. And it wasn't a very successful movie. But I've never was, even heard that that was a movie. So that's yeah, how successful so, it was. <laughs> yeah. So there were a lot of rumors that the movie was in trouble and it was testing badly and the studio was denying it and denying it. And there were rumors that they were doing extensive reshoots. And from my memory, the studio was denying it, denying it. Well, one night they were doing a reshoot that they swore they weren't doing with Nicole Kidman and possibly Daniel Craig in a car doing like a chase scene and there's an accident that gets widely reported and everybody knows i don't think nicole was injured or if so it was something very minor but now it's in all the papers and now not only was it an onset accident but it sort of outed them that they were indeed doing reshoots right and it and you know that's one of the one of the examples that i can think of but things like that happen all the time and you know, I know that the, the 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 stunt people are very professional, and everyone does their job to the best that they can do. But there's always going to be accidents, and when you're dealing with deadly weapons, potential bullets, I just don't know. I don't know how anyone could ever get on a set and say, "No, no, no, it was only dummy rounds in that box." So well, that's what she said on Rust recently. You know, I, I, be terrified i would too recently i saw a video and i don't know the movie but it's some classic movie i believe from the 70s which they did a chase scene through i believe los angeles 
a major metropolitan mm-hmm. city. And they didn't have any permits or anything. They just did it. Like, during live traffic. Like, no one wow. knew they were shooting a movie except oh. the, the people on the crew. And it's just amazing because, you know, I was thinking about that, that no matter what you're, you know, you need to make this turn here, you need to do this. There are people walking. There are people, you know, just out on the street. And that just amazed me. I was just in awe that someone would even think that was a good idea. So that but, is incredible. Yeah. I, I, I got another uh, famous onset accident for yes. you that was nearly deadly. And this is the Wizard of Oz, the 1939 Wizard of Oz. That well, when the house fell on seen. that person, right? <laughs> well, no, not no. quite. Oh, not that one? So um, imagine the wicked. Uh, well, no, imagine the Wicked Witch of the West. And she's just terrorized Dorothy and is mad because Dorothy's wearing her ruby slippers. And she's in Munchkin Hold on. Give me a second. I'm trying to picture her. And it's. Oh, yeah, ruby slippers. Okay, sorry. You wanted me to picture it. I was picturing it. Okay, now proceed. So she spins around, and there's a great big cloud of red smoke, and she disappears, and then there's a burst of fire. Looks really great on screen. It was a great effect, especially for 1939. Well... They filmed that on the set, and she's on a little elevator. Uh, you know, she's like being pulled down into the floor. That's right. how she disappears. So the smoke goes well. The fire goes well. She's pulled down. Everything looks great. Got it. The director decides, let's do it one more time just for safety, just in case. So they do it a second time. The trap door doesn't go down fast enough, and she is burned from head to toe. The green makeup melting on her skin uh and she is in the hospital for weeks oh almost lost her life almost thank god she wasn't burned any worse but again like the makeup the green makeup it was probably very toxic back then made it even worse for her and you know that was using fire and i and i am sure that things like that caused new safety procedures from then on there was a stunt that they later wanted her to do you know where she's um later flying and and she's riding surrender dorothy in the sky right well there was there's a scene there's a close-up of her with smoke billowing from behind her and they wanted to film her doing that somehow with some apparatus where smoke would go and she absolutely refused to do it because you know she had just recovered right you know and and the skin had to grow back on her hands and all of that and so they had they put her stunt woman on the apparatus and the stunt woman got injured have you ever been put in a position like that professionally where you felt uncomfortable for whatever reason, and probably we'll talk safety, but where you've put – so that's one thing that I have a hard problem with with people when they don't speak – because I don't – I can't understand that. I don't understand people right. that don't speak up. Like, And so have you ever been in a position where – like you felt like you wanted to say something or you didn't or you said something and you were penalized because of it? I have been lucky – and I would say no, and just very, very, very small things. For example, and I can't think of the specifics at the moment, but I remember I was in a play at some point where everyone had to freeze in a funny position, and you were going to have to hold that pose for, you know, anywhere from you know thirty to ninety seconds, something like that. And in rehearsal, the the pose that the director wanted me to freeze in was a very 
precarious. Like I think I was maybe standing on one foot mm -hmm. and I thought, I just don't know that I can hold this for 90 seconds without maybe falling over right. or ruining or ruining it or having right. to sort of lose the pose. So I just told the director, I don't feel safe doing this. And the director said, that's all they had to hear, safe. That was the word, safe. So they said, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, well, let me just do the same thing, but with both feet on the ground. I think if you, I think any director or producer or any situation that an actor or anyone would ever be in, if they, if they say that they're concerned for their safety or the safety of someone else, like maybe you're, maybe you're afraid you're going to fall on somebody, you just have to say that. And if you're not listened to, then you've got a problem and it needs to be taken to someone higher up. So just in my little tiny experience, you know, I said it and, and, and it was okay, but you had to say something. Right. And but that's, when, I don't think a lot of people, well, I don't know. Cause there used to be a time where my mom would always go, why do you have to be the person to say something? Cause she was like, okay. she always goes, you never hold your tongue. You have to say something. And it's because no one else will. And if no one right. says something, I'm at least alert because there are times when people are just unaware. And there's times right. where I've done it and I've told stories before where I will say something about someone and then about something they're doing, like a behavior. And then, like, I don't know if I've told it on this podcast before, but I used to dog on people that would buy really nice cars and then take up two or three parking spaces to park. I would be like, don't have a car that nice. But then I, I always noticed that I was never wearing any of my favorite watches because I considered them my nice watches and didn't want to wear them to work or wear them to where I was going because I didn't want to damage them just like that person right. with the car so sometimes you just don't have that realization for me that clicked myself but sometimes like if someone would said well like my wife would have said you know you do that with your watches then I would have been like oh yeah I do and then I would have had to make a decision there at that point but you know right. I don't I just think some people it, it, they're not even aware uh, of what they're doing. Right. And sometimes they're very aware of what right. they're doing. Because I remember another time when just talking about doing the right thing or the wrong thing real quick is there was uh, a neighbor of ours who I was doing traffic at our daughter's elementary school way back when. And mm -hmm. they came and it was after school and they parked in a handicap position. I And so I yelled at them. I go, when did you become handicapped? Because they were our next door neighbor. And they said, well, I'm late picking my son up for a doctor's appointment. I go, well, that's not a, an excuse to park in the handicap. So I made them move their car out of handicap, even though they were just picking their son up. And that's my next door neighbor. But it didn't matter to me because, but, you know, and the funny thing is he's a therapist. He knows better than that. But, right. and, and he said something. He goes, I shouldn't have parked there. He goes, I was just being an idiot. But, you know, and so sometimes you just need to be pointed out. But I don't think people speak up enough and then unfortunately in our society i think the people that are speaking up now are the cancel culture people right. um sometimes that's needed i don't know how good a segue this is being current but have you heard anything about the aaron Rodgers testing positive for covid the football player no oh yes i did i did yeah. so and it's big here in kansas city because the packers who are doing really well this year are coming in to play the Kansas City Chiefs on the day we're recording this. And so right. Aaron Rodgers is going to miss the show. And it ended up that, I don't know the whole story, I believe, from what I understand, that he was trying to make it seem like he was vaccinated. He was very, right. very 
aware of his words that he was using. He didn't say that he was vaccinated, but making it sound like he... he was asked a direct question. He was asked, are you vaccinated? And he said, yeah, I'm immunized. Right. So, right. yeah. So that, that, that needed a follow up. It never the, happened. Don't even ask me about follow up questions. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and, and so many things I think are funny. I do not know if he is a Republican or not. But then it says now that he has it, he's taking what is it, hydroxychloroquine and invermectin which i think is the horse thing Mm -hmm. and so i just think it's funny now that you i think you can tell people's political affiliations now it used to be you wouldn't be able to say that you wouldn't be able to say something and go oh well i know their political affiliations because of you know the medicine they take and i just think it's it's funny that that's become a big thing and then he's thinking that people are trying to cancel him and it's like wait you started this whole thing if you're just up front with people I mean, and I, I don't get that also. I mean, if he was, I don't know what the NFL's rule is right now, whether you have to be vaccinated to be playing. I don't think you do. I think you just, if you're not, you have to be tested like all the time. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, there are a lot of people that I've heard that do fake vaccination cards. And that's a, That's a federal crime. <laughs> It is, and I don't understand. So this is the problem that I have with those people, that you're saying that you don't want to do something, but then you're going to do something that's illegal. And and this is when I say something about someone's integrity. I'll point stuff mm-hmm. out like this. They're like, well, it's my right or whatever. It's still against the law. I mean, I, I don't, I well, don't understand. It- and you're just you're screwing with other people because so yesterday and I've mentioned this before a friend of ours passed away uh, back in September out of state mm-hmm. they had the funeral there and then they had he had worked here and been here for many years so in Kansas City so they were having a memoriam I I had been under COVID quarantine this week so I didn't right. even go to the the celebration of life yesterday because. I, and I told my wife this. I'm at the end of this. I'm feeling better. I have taken a test. I haven't got it back yet because my company <laughs> requires me to take a test you send in instead of a, a, a rapid test. A rapid test, right. So even though I was feeling better, I said I would have felt horrible if I would have left there when we found out that a whole bunch of people got sick. Whether they right. got really really say i mean because everyone hopefully would be vaccinated or wearing a mask or whatever there but even if they weren't i would have i would have felt horrible that that was something in my control that i would do and i don't think a lot of people a lot of people are just like well i need you know i have to do this or i'm going to do this because they feel like that and they don't give a shit about anyone else well just to clarify for our listeners who are listening to this from our wonderful library of podcasts many years after the pandemic is over when we talk about the vaccination card that is a card that the cdc provides to you to prove your vaccination so that is the government document and if you forge that document or fake that document it's a government document that you're forging and that is where it's a federal crime it is not a federal crime to to be not vaccinated let's just make sure that we're clear on that right it is true no one has to be vaccinated there's no law that can force yet. you to there's no there law might be yet a, well but there's well i i don't think there could be but there are rules 
For example, here in New York, if you want to go to a restaurant, a theater, you have to show your vaccination card. You don't have to go to that restaurant or our restaurant. You don't have to go to the theater. You no, it is their God-given right, right go as an American. It is their God-given right <laughs> as an American to go there and infect as many people as they want. Well, you know, not in New York, you know, but it's not. It's not. You're not. Being That's because you guys are just liberal lefty Democrats. <laughs> I'm just throwing out all the trigger words there for everyone, but no, and I don't but, understand that. I mean, that that's my big thing. It's like, and where I see it, it's like here in Kansas City, it's like they want to force themselves. They could have other options, but they want right. they they want that confrontation. They want that because they want to think that they're morally. Whatever, ethically, whatever. Well, the thing that the thing that's a little odd to me, and again, I don't know too much about this, so I could be wrong. But those who choose not to get vaccinated, but do want to take experimental medicines, if they're concerned about what they think is a experimental vaccine, which it's not experimental, it's you know at least one is approved by the FDA. Right. Uh, so, what's the difference between an experimental vaccine and an experimental medicine, other than politics? Know. You know, you would think that you'd be either fine with both or fine with neither. I don't quite understand it, but as you know, I it, and look, if someone's unvaccinated and they get COVID and they want to take whatever drug they can to make them feel better or potentially save their life, I want them to. Believe me, I want them to. So it's just a, it's an interesting situation. And it's also, you know, what we're, it's, it's what we're getting back to. It's about safety. It's about, you know, you want other people to be safe and you don't, you know, you know, like Alec Baldwin, who is now unbeknownst to him, you know, until that moment, responsible for taking someone else's life. Right. If you have COVID and you are, going into a theater or restaurant that has a vaccine rule and you have somehow forged a card, you could kill somebody. You really could. If, if you had COVID, right. there are people that get very sick from it. Thank God it's not as bad as it was, but we're not out of it yet. And it's still deadly to certain people. So, you know, it's all about protecting you know protecting people and being safe now if you don't want to get a vaccine you should not have to but then you just have to suffer the consequences if your job requires it then you can't go to your job if a restaurant requires it you can't go to the restaurant but that's okay eat eat in uh have someone bring you food uh, get another job yeah but we're know? americans we to, we're yeah. americans we don't see that way we we believe yeah. that it is our god-given right to whatever we feel like we're feeling that should be the way it should be well this is the wake-up call i guess you know yeah i'm not sure after yeah i just you know the the whole thing is and then he's like oh they're trying to cancel me it's like you haven't been up front and then i evidently he said she said he said that he spoke to the nfl medical staff from the NFL mm -hmm. office and they are saying no he did not and it's like just tell the truth I mean I don't in and I for many many years I lived in the gray area and I understand the gray area where you may not tell complete truths and you may not do this and may not do that and I will tell you during that time decisions were a lot easier because I didn't have to care about black and white anymore yeah. um and I was much wealthier then too, because the, I I was able to position myself where I what I did for a living 
I, that gray area helped me. I, I didn't need that. And I, I kind of changed back in, I don't know, 2012 or something. So I'm very mm-hmm. cognizant of about that. And it really pisses me off when other people think that, you know, I used to see people go in and I, I remember I was at a store once and I was trying to go in and this, I couldn't get past this guy cause he's arguing with the staff about he didn't need to wear a mask, all this stuff. And this is like right when people were let back into stores here in Kansas city right? and masks were required. And he's screaming that, you know, he's a constitutional lawyer. And I remember standing behind him and saying, Nope. And he looked at me and I go, there's no way you're a constitutional. And I was just like upset, but I'm like, if you're a constitutional lawyer, you wouldn't be having this conversation with someone, someone that makes X number of dollars an hour standing at the front of a door of a store. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, so I just, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing that, you know, if he's unvaccinated, he got it. I don't have a problem with that. Just stop lying about it too. And worry about other people. It's always, woe is me. Everyone's, anytime anyone does something, it seems now, it's always like, oh, well, I'm the victim. I just stabbed all these people, but somehow I'm the victim. I mean, and that's, that's what I feel like. I mean. Right. Well, the issue has to be, you know, if they have a vaccine requirement or or vaccine or testing, and for some reason, if he led them to believe he was vaccinated and therefore was not getting tested, then he has lied. Right. If that's not the case, and just the public thought he was vaccinated, but the NFL knew that he wasn't and was being tested, or whatever their procedures are, then that's a different story. It, it all depends on what happened now. If he if he forged a vaccination card, for example, which I, I haven't heard that he has, and I know nothing about that. Right. But if, if, if a person did that, then, you know, that, that's a problem. That's people have been arrested for it. Yeah. But he is also one of the, the biggest stars in the NFL. And unfortunately being one of the biggest stars in the NFL, especially if you're white, you're going to get a lot more leeway than you're going to get other ways. And, and, you know, because it, You see that in almost any any job, or you probably see this in theater too. If someone is an amazing actor, maybe you overlook some of their, let's say, quirks. That'd be a good well term, maybe. Well, it 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 used to be like that, but you know, like you say, with uh, a lot more scrutiny is being applied these days, and you know, I think that's it's a double edged sword. It's a double edged sword. I think there's a lot of good that comes from 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 not putting these stars or people on pedestals, you know, that's how things like Harvey Weinstein and right. Scott Rudin become exposed. And I think that's a good thing. So you never know, but no yeah. matter what, we got to keep people safe. We do. And Hey, and next time I want we're going to talk about relationships because I'm coming up on my 24th anniversary um, later this month. So I want to just talk about, relationships i got i gotta see if i can uh what i can do to keep the fire going the next 24 (laughs) years so but um yeah just uh relationships in general um i really enjoyed talking to you about rust today uh you gave me a lot of insight because i don't know anything about sets and how things are done on sets and and, in kind of that background so that's why you're here steven to give us that professional input so (laughs) Like every, like every week, Stephen, thank you so much. Hey, for anyone that made it into this part of the show, once again, please follow us. Uh, we would love to have you follow us. We 
strive to continue better each and every week. Uh, as the pandemic kind of loosens, we're going to do our best to try to get uh, some guests on here too uh, so we can talk to them about some areas of expertise that perhaps myself and Stephen are not familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I'm looking forward to we, that. Yeah, we don't know everything. We just think we do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for everyone else. Thank you all so much for joining the Roro Show with Stephen. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you all. Bye, every- Bye everybody. Bye, everybody.